So I'm a morning person. Um, I will set my alarm for at least two, two and a half hours before anybody else is going to wake up in my house. And I, I just need that time. I used to get up back in the day just like that, early morning, and immediately turn the TV on. I had to see what was happening in the world, had to see the local news and weather. I never, I never used that time to listen to my heart. Now, I was always a prayerful person, but to me, prayer was sitting with a prayer book and reading prayers, which is wonderful, or praying the rosary, which is also wonderful. Um, that was my that was my understanding of prayer, and I had the opportunity to start studying the writings of Richard Rohr, who's a Catholic priest, and he started a place called the Center for Action and Contemplation. There's that word, contemplation. I. I never understood that there was something called contemplation that was separate from my prayer life. And I'm sure it was presented to me. I can remember in high school, uh, I had an, uh, a nun teacher, and she was trying to teach us about meditation. And I guess we were immature, and I can just remember us laughing about it. So clearly I was not ready for that. But Richard Rohr's premise is any positive change, anything positive that can happen in the world, it's not just a matter of action. It needs to be a matter of action that comes from contemplation. So whatever you do is an is out of love. It really makes so much sense to me now. So what does contemplation mean to me? I think it's just to, to relish and rest in the quiet. It's that opportunity to let thoughts come to me. And I feel so connected to God at those moments. I, I feel like at those moments, I'm like this empty vessel, and he just places things on my heart that I need to be prayerful about, that I need to contemplate. I'm so glad that I have found that in my life. I, wow, I, it's a total change for me, just having a conversation with my Creator as opposed to remembering prayers and my mind flitting in every direction while I'm praying. So, well, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> But this morning I sat down and I usually have like a journal in front of me and 
I truly enjoy just putting the pen to the paper and just writing what comes to me. And this morning, I, I was really writing about the combination of contemplation and action. I've written a couple of songs that I think would really fit with this today, and I would love to do them for you. The first one I called Belong, and I'm sure you'll see where I'm going. <laughs> Thoughts unscripted 
hopes uplifted No rogue repetition A new definition I used to think prayer Was all taught But I was wrong Oh, I truly belong. It's a uh, it's pretty funny as a songwriter. Very often, I can remember the exact day that I wrote a song. That particular song came because I was trying to do this challenge to write one song a week. That may not sound like any big deal, but um, see, I don't have an off switch. So <laughs> when I start thinking about something, it's really hard for me to stop until I can see it and take form. So I would spend a whole week, I spent a whole week thinking of different ways to approach the term belong. And it was early, early one Monday morning, and I needed to move on to my next topic, and I just said, God, I, I don't want to fail. I want to I wanna write something on belong. And I don't know how, but this just came out of me, so... No, I do know how. I have a co-writer, and he's my creator. So this next one, um, <laughs> I can attribute, I remember the exact day. It was the day after the 2016 presidential election. And without getting political, I'll just say that I read something by Richard Rohr, and he said... In times of change, we're given this wonderful opportunity to step up and be contemplatives in the world. Approach a situation in love. And then, and then act accordingly. And I felt like with the change in administration, that it was going to be really important for us to be aware of what was happening around us in our communities and in our states and on into the United States and the world and find ways that we can reach out and help people who feel lost. So that was the day I wrote this song. And it's called Contemplate. It all starts when you stop 
stop to heed the call, heed the call to justice and to peace. The youthful and the wise, in each and every size, we're all So now you'll know what I do <laughs> in the morning instead of watching the news. I love to think. I love to contemplate. I love to see where I can maybe make a difference in the world. And it comes with that willingness and openness to listen to the Word of God in my life. Try it sometime. <laughs> it's wonderful. Thank you. So I'm going to be um, showing my age in this podcast because I'm going to talk to you about music. And I'm going to talk to you about the music that I listened to coming up. Um, I had a sister, I have a sister who's 10 years older than me. And I can remember she loved Peter, Paul, and Mary and Smothers Brothers when I was just very, very little. She was... Um, a big fan of Judy Collins later, and Joan Baez, and Bob Dylan, and Leonard Cohen. So it was a lot of the singer-songwriter, um, and a lot of harmony. She loved the harmonies, too. Now, my brother, I can remember that we had this little recorder. 
I think at one point we had a reel-to-reel -reel recorder, but I think that there were cassettes by the time we were making little cassettes of favorite songs off of Beatles albums and Cat Stevens and Carly Simon, all those. Um, it was it was pretty cool because if you put the recorder close enough to the speaker of the, of the turntable, then you could record songs that you really, really liked if you just wanted to listen to all your favorites. So it was kind of like a mixtape, right? Or one of those CDs, a mixed CD. Oh gosh, that was so much fun. And as we got older, my brother really loved country music. And I can remember riding along in his his truck here in Tanya Tucker. And I just loved that. I forgot to mention that um, in the 1970s, my sister was living in Austin, Texas. And right about that time, I started getting albums because... She loved Willie Nelson, and he had come back to Austin, and boy, howdy, it was, it was an awesome time for music, and that alternative country or whatever they would call it, but I loved me some Willie Nelson. Well, when I got of the age where I could determine what albums I would buy, my very first purchase, I'll never forget, was by James Taylor, it was Sweet Baby James. And I had a hefty collection with, I'd say, 90% at least of the albums of James Taylor. I had a lot of Carly Simon. I had um, a, a, I had White Album. I loved the Beatles, White Album. I had um, tons of Linda Ronstadt. Loved her. Loved Pure Prairie League. Loved my Willie Nelson, loved John Prine. But I tell you what, I was at a record store near the LSU campus one day, and I, I was just at, looking around, and one of the people that worked there asked me, well, are you looking for anything in particular? And I said, no, I, I just I have this little garage apartment, and... I'm buying my little sound equipment. I just got my turntable, and I'm looking to pick up a really special album. And he immediately pointed me to Joni Mitchell Blue. Now, to me, Joni Mitchell was um, that song, You Turn Me On, I'm a Radio. And um, let's see, Big Yellow Taxi, and she wrote Both Sides Now that Judy Collins had a huge hit with. That's all I really knew about Joni Mitchell at that time. And the first time I listened to that album, I knew I'd stumbled onto something really special. I mean, here was this woman who sounded like no one else, who played the guitar and the dulcimer in such and the piano in such unique fashion. And I mean, the lyrics just spoke to me in a way that surpassed anything I would have ever heard on the radio at the time. It was, it was brilliant and um, still is. I, I think I've purchased three albums and that's the only way I like to listen to it is with an album because it holds so much meaning for me. Um, Joni and I 
uh, we sang together <laughs> in my little garage apartment. And it's amazing. I don't know. It seemed like no matter what I was going through, she had a song and, it, and would address it. I would feel like I wasn't alone, you know. So once I became a songwriter, I decided that I wanted to celebrate the power of music. And that's what I hope I've done with this song. And it's called For Joni. And I hope you like it. Though not in the usual sense She on that pedestal Me entranced My life somewhat turbulent My mind often reeling When the stylus hit the vinyl Instant healing She a bit too free to share her emotions A bit too open yet shunning devotion At times my muse But always my friend when the stylus hit the vinyl Together again It was clear from her lyrics that we thought the same thoughts, felt that same pain, walked that same walk. She liked my big sister, her words so wise, when the stylus hit the vinyl, I sought her advice. Yes, I grew up with her, though not in the usual sense. She on that pedestal, me entranced, my life somewhat turbulent, my mind reeling when the stylus hit the vinyl. Instant healing. Spoke to me, my tension eased when the stylus hit the vinyl. A beautiful release. Today I sit and wonder does she write every day? Do the words flow freely or does she? struggle to say those beautiful outpourings that to me are a pearl when the stylus hits the vinyl I'm not alone in this world I'm 
still growing up with her, though not in the usual sense. She on that pedestal, me entranced, my life somewhat turbulent, my mind often really when the stylus hits the vinyl. Instant healing. Instant You know, I didn't write that in open tuning, but I played it in open tuning for you now. I I always knew I loved the rich sound of her music. And I didn't learn until much later that she does, well, I guess everything in her own tunings because when she was a little bitty girl, she got polio. She lived in Canada and she had to go to the hospital for the longest time because, of course, polio was a, a killer back then. And one of the lasting things that she has from, from that experience is she can't curve her fingers to make regular chords. So when she came to California, she asked one of the guys in Laurel Canyon what he was playing and he showed her how to twist the knobs on the guitar <laughs> and showed her how to play in a simpler manner just by putting her f maybe one finger down or two fingers down and it was something she could do instead of something that was impossible for her. So open tunings that was Joni Mitchell's forte and somebody told me she has like 80 different tunings or something. She, y'all, I think she's brilliant. <laughs>